0: All right, good evening. It's February 5th, 2020. We're here at the Long Run at 2452 Sutherland Avenue. We're the Deadhead and the Engineer. I'm Patrick. I'm Ethan. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, deadhead.engineer865. And tomorrow, uh, you can check us or find us on Spotify a day early because uh, I'm out of town again tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so, you'll get us, um, Thursday instead of Friday, which will be cool. And so, uh, we're at the Bliss Home Corner at Trooper's Library. Again, 2452 Sutherland Avenue. Uh, one of these days it'll stop raining, and... A not, bunch of, not in the near future. Not in the near... Dude, it seems like it's been raining forever. And the forecast is not looking good. And it ain't looking good. I know, it's kind of a bummer. Um, season two, episode four, uh one of my favorite years, 1989. Um, two, so two, nineteen eighty nine at the Henry. We've, we've been to this location before Henry J Kaiser center in Oakland, California. I think, um, even though it's impossible to say, uh, well, it was the first show of 1989. Uh, they did a three night run in Oakland and then finished off like six nights in Oakland, uh, heading into 1990 um, We Can Run Brent Midland my, one of my favorite keyboardists for the, for the Grateful Dead they played We Can Run so it's like very appropriate that we're here uh, however many years later that might be you probably do the math quicker than I can my math is a few a few more than a few man I got a uh,
1: Deadhead question for you is that alright? Sure. Oh, boy. I, yeah, goodness. So it's, I go? like, it's, it's an opinion question. Okay. So, John, how do you feel about John Mayer as a member of uh, Dead and Company? Is He's that, fantastic. Yeah? Okay. Yes, so figured, I've seen him. Yeah. I figured couple, it was going to go one way or the other. I didn't know if it was going to be fantastic or if you're going to be a little bit. I've you know. seen
0: a, cu- a couple of times, uh, and, and I have all good things to say about John Mayer with uh, the Grateful Dead guys. Um, so, I've seen John Mayer. In his lonesome self at the Tennessee Theater, I've seen him in different reincarnations with other bands and and with him and Dead and Company, totally into it. Uh, waiting for the summer tour announcement uh, because yeah, I have nothing to do over the summertime and and hopefully I'll follow Dead and Company. Um, but thanks, Cole, for yeah. putting me on the spot no, there. No, I, I thought you were going to actually try to stump me. No. no. Um, so yeah, two five nineteen eighty nine is my go to. Henry J. Kaiser Center in Oakland, California, starts, uh, I guess, kind of like the winter into the spring slash summer tour, 1989. Check it out. We Can Run. Uh, Second set is on fire, but We Can Run is very appropriate for what we do here at the long run. Um, We're sponsored tonight by Knoxville Distance Project, and we got uh, Cole... Night Pover uh, here with us, and we got David Kesterson, and we'll get to those guys in just one second. If they don't interrupt again. If they don't interrupt (laughs) again, yes. Couldn't help myself. (laughs) Right. Ethan, what's on tap, brother? I'm uh, going with my old standby, the Dogfish Head Slightly Mighty. Well, you know, uh, Julie always gives me a hard time that y'all don't have bush in the refrigerator, but I'm going with my old standby PBR. Dave, what you drinking? I'm going with the
2: Sufferfest. FKT and yeah, that's appropriate, appropriate. for trail runs that's
0: good good stuff Cole what you got man
1: I got the Sufferfest Head Start uh, I found this one what a couple months ago and I just can't get enough of this one y'all it's
0: sell good. a bunch of Sufferfest at the store huh yeah, yeah it's popular <laughs> it's yeah the runner's beer I guess is, or the athlete's beer is what uh, maybe could be their slogan like sh- so come on down at the long run and get yourself a Sufferfest uh, anyway, uh, like I said, we'll get to Dave and Cole here shortly. Uh, they're kind of our trail gurus, at least for tonight, momentarily. You're our trail gurus, but awesome. there are some trail guys, and we'll talk trail stuff. Um, but uh, first up, first and foremost, I guess, is this past weekend Straw Plains. Yeah. So it was, you, a, it was a race. It was, <laughs> there was there was a race in town. Yeah. Uh, kind of rolled out a little bit. You're getting back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, feeling I felt, good again. I
3: felt pretty decent about my race. Uh, I kind of was. Kind of had a goal of around 70 minutes because I had no reason to think I could run that, but it was just the number that came to my mind, and I ran 71-something, so it was all right. Felt felt a lot better than Calhoun's did, which yeah. is a step in the right direction, I guess. Boats well. Training um, is going coming I could around. See, I could see Christian Thompson <laughs> for most of the race. Um, I think he picked it up a lot the last few miles because he ran, he beat me by about three minutes.
0: So Christian, he did, he did get... He your, broke my
3: course record yeah. by about 25 seconds. Okay. So so it took a lot of work, though. 25, you know. Yeah, I think he was, I think he was surprised yeah. at how hard that course was because he came in saying he, he, he thought he was going to run under 67 and he ended up running 67.40. So, you know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a, it's a fair course because um, uh, nothing comes easy, but um, it's not too bad. You can roll on it. If you, yeah. If you, if you take those hills right, and um you know Beth ran in one eighteen, rocking and um, rolling. Not not her best time, but on that course, where again. she's where she's at, I think yeah. that, I think she was really happy with that.
0: It um, probably bodes well for her over the next couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. she's coming around. It seems like at the right time before yep. the trials. Yeah, I know Katie was out there. She did so, some sort of workout. So uh, she did a workout. Yes. Yeah. We, again, we, we weren't we're we're we all, weren't going into it incognito. We we're went. All, in. We're yep. all on
3: different pages, but heading for the same. The same spot in Atlanta in a couple weeks. Yep. And uh, it was actually good to see the Milligan guys out there running well. Uh, the, so uh, NAIA has a um, marathon championship. Yeah. And they can qualify using a half marathon. And so the Milligan guys always come and girls always come and run the half marathon at Straw Plains. Because I guess it's a good time in the year for them to, to try to get that qualifier out. And a lot of times, a lot of them will go for it and blow up. You see them kind of straggling in, and this time they did. They ran really well, so they I had four abreast coming through the finish. They had four right together, and I think a fifth also qualified. So, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. He fell off cool. a little bit, but I think he was under their under their time. So, You,
0: you know, I saw that. I was standing there at the finish line. I think uh, you know we were uh, catcalling some of the guys and girls that came through it. You know, after you know after you finished, and um, I put a, an APB out. Somewhat quietly though To Chris Lane The coach at Milligan um, Just because They had a split squad This past weekend So they ran a small meet At ETSU And then he obviously Sent a crew out uh, To Straw Plains uh, To run their half marathon And like you said Just time of year Like that's probably What those guys If they're getting ready To run a marathon Whenever Excuse me The NAI Marathon You know National championship is Probably a good time of year To run a half uh, not yet heard from Chris, so i I might send him this this episode in particular to a direct email and see if we can get him on here in a couple of weeks to talk about uh because that 's an interesting concept mm-hmm. you know saw you know you ran d three I ran at u t um Like, we didn't have marathons in, uh, you know, in college. If we had, I would not have been running (laughs) it. Yeah. I I still thought I was a miler when I was in college. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to think, I was thinking I was a 5K, 10K guy, but, you know, that didn't work out. Um, So, yeah, you know, numbers were up, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Numbers were way up. You know, I ran with David for a little little bit, David Black, and uh, numbers, like... I think he said last year it was like 800 and something and this year it was like over a thousand i heard 1100 or something and i mean even so. the, even the even the trail guys are coming over to the road <laughs> yeah maybe, so yeah. um you, you guys know. got anything to say about straw planes yeah it
3: was awesome
2: that's a beautiful race um i love the the rolling hills yeah every time you <clears throat> every time you have to go up a hill you Instantly get to go down another one, except for that <laughs> mile 7 through 9, yeah, or really, but. I saw those, uh, I saw the Milligan guys run by me the
1: opposite direction at that mile 8 turnaround, and instantly thought, there goes all of my age group awards, every single <laughs> one.
0: <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually, <laughs> call. yeah. Cool. yeah. Uh, well, you know, they're out there, you know, they're younger. They're crushing it. You know, they're crushing it. it. Yeah, It's yeah. awesome. Uh, you know, but I ran yeah. with a
1: few of the a few of the ladies, uh, the Milligan ladies. They were, you know, right around my area in the race. You
0: know, on the men's and women's side at Milligan, and you know, maybe we'll kind of wrap it up. Straw Plains, as far as this goes, you know, they're killing it. Uh, they've they've recruited. Chris has done a fantastic job uh, recruiting from this area. Um, kids that might not have had the opportunity to run in college, and and he does a he does a good job getting them in and. Not, that, not to say that they couldn't get in otherwise, but he does a good job recruiting them and then does a fantastic job, um, you know, turning over. I mean, he's got one kid that went to Grace that was like a 430-miler, and I don't know, 410 for the mile. So, uh, so Chris does a fantastic job, and one day we're going to get him on here, and we'll talk collegiate marathoning perhaps. Um, but we do have, uh, and I think this, this question was uh, posed to you on Saturday from our mm-hmm. good friend Jenny McKelvey. You can find her at Mocha Jenny on Instagram. <laughs> um, hashtag running the tangents. She, she specifically commented on our Instagram post, uh, whatever it was, on Monday. And so you're someone that can speak very well about running the tangents because you're certified in course um, measurement. Measurement, yes. 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 Yeah. So it is it is actually
3: an interesting topic because it's something that I had never, um, well, interesting as an engineer. It's interesting. Most people might not find it so interesting. Um, but I never really thought about running tangents or whatever in road races. You just run the course and you finish. Right. And that was also when I started r- road racing was also before GPS. So you didn't really think about it. And um, turns out when courses are measured, they are measured – the absolute shortest distance a person could conceivably run. right? And then there's also actually short course prevention techniques. So you're actually adding percent, tenths of a percent on top of that, which means that any course you run, if you run it correctly, will probably be a little bit long based on your GPS. Um, now, GPS error is is also has... There's probably more error than than there is in the course measurement itself. Um, but... Most of the time, when there's a certified course and it's set up right, when people complain about their course being long, people complain about. It's not, about that it's not stuff? really long. Um,
0: like really, they complain. Oh, yeah. oh, I hadn't. Um, I wouldn't believe.
3: But, but the, the point is that, especially on a course like Strawberry Plains, with a lot of turns, a lot of windy roads, um, if you find yourself on the outside of the road or on the outside of the turn, you can add on a lot of distance. And that can start to add up. And then when you when you run a 10 when you run a half marathon, it ends up being you know, 13.3, 13.4 miles, then that's something that's actually you've ran a long course and you've kind of done yourself a disservice. And a lot of the um major marathons will actually have like a, a line painted on the road that is the shortest possible course. And it's funny when you watch, you'll see some people who are running right on that line. Kipchoge is a good, yeah. he runs right on that line the whole, the whole time. And there's other people who just are all over the road and uh, definitely not helping themselves with their times. So it's just something, it's interesting, um, you know, when you're, when you're running a race, probably want to make sure that you're running the shortest distance, especially if you're going for a certain time because, um, you know, the seconds matter. So
0: Yeah, you know, Jenny, and I thank her, and she'll listen to this, because it made me think today, which anytime I get to do that is a, a good thing, because um, obviously you, you're you able to speak from it from the perspective of like someone who is certified to measure a course, and so you, you measure the short, shortest line possible. And I'm thinking, like, how do you explain, like, you know, it's one of those things, like, well, you just run the shortest line possible. Mm-hmm. Like, just do right. do it this way. And so, you know, if I were to, you know, tell, like, like a someone who's never run a five k road race, it's like, well, how would I tell someone how to do that? You know, it's like that, it's like kind of an innate thing, I think. And we'll get to Dave and and Cole because obviously the trail stuff mm-hmm. versus running the roads, then it it kind of comes to a head a little bit. I mean, I guess know?
3: I guess a good way to think about it is a straight line is always the shortest distance between two points. Right. So like if you see a curvy road and you know where you're going, instead of taking the curve of the road, <laughs> yeah. it just goes straight there, straight because as long, as long as you're allowed to do that, now there are times, I remember running the um, uh, the bridge run, the 10K, 10K in Charleston, where there's a lot of money on the line, and and people up front were like running over people's lawns, and cutting, <laughs> <out the ropes. laughs> that, that might t- be a little bit of an that's issue, that's usually not really allowed as yeah. um, part of a race course, but yeah, t- the shortest distance is always going to be a straight line. So if you can, if you can make a straight line, do it.
0: Yeah. Like, you know, I'm thinking, you know, obviously, you know, there's a turn in the road, like you're running straight towards like the Mm -hmm. next turn. And so, you know, it, 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 it's not the, like the best description or the best way to advise someone to do that. Uh, it's more of like, uh, like a show and tell, like, Oh, come out, let's go for a run. And then you can see how to do, or you can, you know, draw, draw a little diagram and, show them how to do it. Or follow it's... along with me when I measure a course. <laughs> follow, yeah.
1: I know, um, uh, who is it? Scott Fobble. I listened to his, he was on Rich Roll a while back. And I okay. listened to him talking about this. And it, specifically at Boston where he ran, what was it? 208? 209. 209 low. Yeah. And um, he was saying some of the runners who didn't run that course very often, they take these wide, and you can see these wide turns and you can see it where Scott's right on the tangent mm-hmm. and all the rest of the pack is like 10 feet
0: out in the turn.
1: And he's like, what are you doing? And that's exactly, they just,
0: I think he, like, actually kind of threw up his arms. I think I know yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, it, 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 you know, for us that know how to run the tangent, it, it, you throw your hands up <laughs> and, like, shake your head like, what the hell are you doing? I can't like, say anything because I have been
2: accused of cutting people off, especially uh, in a trail race. when you're off. Off. If it's 100 miles you're trying to run those percentages add up pretty quick and you know you don't want to get to 100 miles and have your watch say 105 <laughs>
3: because it, it means a lot of extra so so you I, elbowing people out of the way 100 I, miles.
2: I do a, a loop course up in Maine every year um, it's a 4.2 mile loop and and you have to do the loop with people who are a lot slower than you And I will knock somebody down, because that's that's my tangent.
3: (laughs) I draw a straight line in my brain, and people disappear. But Um, well, yeah, I'm trying to remember because I ran that I ran that 50k U.S. Championship up in Long Island, on Long Island, and um, yeah, that's right. It's a it was a 5k loop, and so I was definitely lapping people, and I think. Uh, I pretty much was able to, to run wherever I wanted. People would get out of my way because I was coming up on them so fast. Okay,
2: yeah. Well, um,
3: I, I run into people with headphones. Yeah. Or you get like it, nothing
2: against back of the Packers. You're wonderful people. I, I'm a somewhat of a back of the Packer. But don't hold link arms with each other and walk four wide on a single track. Yeah, that's you know? not cool. Yeah. So I I get aggressive and, you know. No, nothing good comes from me storming
0: through there, but I'll keep doing it. <laughs> you do what you got to do. Yeah, you um, sound very, you
3: sound very uh, uh, tight, I'm, tight for a uh, wound, wound up, wound up for a hundred mile trail it. guy. He's well, taking me off the trails. That's because before. I take uh, I do roads half of the year, oh, okay. so I, I'm a little. <laughs> so you wound got the up. you got the wound upness
0: from the road. People, exactly, right. winter, okay.
2: fall, you know, cascades over into summer.
0: Um. Well, so hopefully Jenny got her, uh, you know, obviously, I think Jenny knows how to run the tangent. She comes from a running background with a running family. Um, But it's cool that we got someone to, uh, you know, holler at us and give us a question. And uh, like like I said, it'll uh, next time someone wants to know how to run the tangents, they can just follow you on a bike. Or do you do it with a wheel? Yeah, it has to be on a bike. It's got to be on a bike. A wheel
3: wheel doesn't uh, meet the standards. Okay.
0: Well, there you go. Uh, You heard it here first. Um, is oh. there any store stuff coming up That yeah. we need to talk uh,
3: about Two weeks uh, one, one week from Saturday Is the group run The Come and Help Knoxville Marathon uh, Official group run here at the Long Run uh, It's February 15th 8am And we're going to have some specials And we're going to have um, I, think the, I think the routes are 8 miles for the half marathoners And 16 miles for the marathoners it's the weekend before Whitestone. Right. Um, so Whitestone's obviously a big week. And uh, there's going to be Hypervolt' going to be there starting at 7:15 uh, a.m, which is like the, uh, the gun, the gun. massage yeah. The yeah. massage, yeah, massage great. thing. Yeah. And then we're also
0: going to have yoga. Yoga 6 is going to be here at uh, 11 o'clock. That's a new place in Bearden I think, right? Yeah, like we're gonna oh. do a restore class.: Awesome. Cool. I, I need to get into yoga. Um, amongst a lot of other things I needed to get into. Yeah, me
3: too. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're training for a marathon or whatever, um, you don't have to be training for the marathon to come to this run. But
0: Right, there's yeah. short run options, yep. so cool. Yep. Hopefully by then it's not raining. And uh, although hopefully it's also not 65, 70 degrees either. Somewhere a little bit cooler just to give us that uh, slightly winter vibe. Um, so finally we get to our guests Mr. David Kesterson and Cole Nightpiver night Nightpiver oh, Gosh Usually it's fine Usually when people ask I just tell them to try it
1: and then I like to hear all the different versions I get I've been they're... saying it wrong this whole time Usually Sometimes <laughs> I don't even correct <laughs> people we'll just can yeah. be Cole Cole you know? Yeah I'm Cole, not Cole. Yeah
0: that could work. Dave tell us a little about yourself Briefly Um
2: Well I uh live in Knoxville run with you wonderful gentlemen every chance I get um, and I like to uh, mix it up between trails and roads so half the year I kind of disappear off your face of the planet and and then the
0: other half yeah and, and now you're back yeah
2: now I'm back into it and pretty pretty straightforward I have a home remodeling company here in Knoxville called Marathon Home Improvements uh, fitting t- tied the running <laughs> yeah. into that you know you take your loves if, if I could have called it Kim marathon home improvements i would have got you know all three of my favorite things in there my wife plugged there but uh that's that's pretty much
0: it i'm a pretty boring
2: guy i run i i work and i drink beer well
0: that's fantastic we we we, and we've met here at bliss home corner at troopers library just to do this exact thing uh although this is not work for for us at the moment so uh cole tell us a little about yourself man
1: yeah uh so i'm a knoxville local um my girlfriend and I live over in South Knox. I'm a grad student at UT. Um, master's or PhD? Uh, well, I was a master's, finished that up this past year, and now I'm a PhD student. Excellent. So, what do you study? I uh, study uh, some in geology. Uh, basically, uh, erosion on the surface of the moon. Uh, wow. How rocks break down
0: and okay. turn into soil. Yeah. That sounds like a whole other podcast that yeah, I, <laughs> I would not be any, involved with.
1: Anytime you want. No, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, primarily been trails. Um, I've done a, a little bit of road running here and there. I'm starting to make a transition from the longer trail trail stuff into into roads in the coming months and years. So um, we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think th- the first thing that, you know, we were going to, I guess Dave and I were talking here just a couple minutes ago and, um, you know, we, we've talked a, a bit about road running stuff, but you were telling me that the... 100 mile indoor world record was set uh was it this past weekend no
2: no this was it was uh this uh last winter is 2019
0: oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah I'm a little out of date on this, <laughs> Okay.
2: things don't happen too often in the trail running
1: area six in days in the room.
0: dome sounds like a miserable time <laughs> yeah I'm absolutely. just gonna throw that out there um
1: well, Zach was only
0: there for 11 hours Zach later, so. <laughs> yeah he, he got it done and over with quick I mean, running in Milwaukee might be tough, difficult enough, but then running in an indoor track for a hundred miles, it sounds like, you yeah. so that's up, y- y'all was a 200 meter track. I, you know, you know, it was, it, I, I didn't it know that there was an indoor track in Milwaukee, yeah. honestly. He's a <laughs> special boy.
2: If it's anything like the Alaska one, it's a full-size track because it has a soccer field in oh, the okay. center. Oh, then
0: it is uh, probably like at least 300 meters, yeah, probably. Yeah.
1: And I think he broke his own record, so this isn't the first time he's done this, right? Yeah, he's
2: been going after it for four years, and he did it in a pair of racing flats. So,
3: Jeez, uh, nice. For all those maximalist people Get him, get him people in a pair of vapor flies, and he'll, he'll <laughs> yeah. take...
0: <laughs> five minutes off uh, what do we talk about shoe <laughs> although you know um, which uh, something that you know uh, dumb it down from a hundred miler but uh, the armory always has that marathon mm-hmm. um, which some, there's been some guys that have run pretty freaking quick Two, there sub 220 I yeah. think so yeah. it's like you know on a 200 meter banked track you know sure. and then switch around and it's like I can't even imagine that just sounds like the worst thing ever you know, and I know you guys are ultra guys, so it's like the thing that we, you know, I think wanted to talk about is like uh, the Yeti 100 over in Abington, which is not too far from us. And so uh, y'all have both, I mean, you know, y'all have both done probably multiple different trail ultras. So, you know, one that's close to home, talk about the Yeti 100.
1: Yeah, so I think we both had very different days. Um, Dave's was probably a little bit more successful than mine. I ended up Did you finish? I finished. That's um, so it was successful. successful. Did you finish sub 24? I did finish sub 24. I don't see double what you're double success. About. I couldn't walk yeah. for 2 weeks afterwards. That's okay. Yeah. That's no, it's it's a it's a cool race. Um, as Patrick said, it's up in uh, Abington on the Creeper Trail. Uh, it's a runnable 100, believe it or not. It's um if that makes any sense it's on a old railroad bed so um, it's pretty wide gravel trail nice and soft it's 33 miles uh, end to end so you you run it three times so you go out back and out Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, yeah it's a cool cool atmosphere Um, the Jason Green the race director is one of the coolest guys you could probably ever meet Um, it's no corporate sponsors no elite spots it's all funded by the by the runners
0: Um, so how does that work out
1: it's expensive. It's expensive.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: okay. All right. Um, do you have to provide anything other than like monetary like, you know, monetary? Do, yeah, volunteers yeah. And they, something. They
2: they hope that people will volunteer, but they don't require you to volunteer. It's actually it's popular enough that it's a lottery only. Okay. So you you have to get in through the lottery and some people will volunteer and I think that gets them an, a earned spot in, but yeah. It's expensive enough that I think it covers most of the cost.
0: So, aid stations, then, your entry into the race covers it. You don't have to, like, bring your own
2: Yeah, and, and stuff. it's not like a road race where you have, you know, some of these 5Ks and 10Ks. You'll have an aid station every two miles. Sometimes you'll go eight or ten miles between okay. aid stations. So, uh, But they do, I mean, they hook it up. Like, you get into an aid station, you got watermelon platters, people making fresh quesadillas, and... And anything and everything. Fireball you want. shots. Yeah. fireball <laughs> shots. <Yeah>. Nice. Random <laughs> can... Coke machines with fireball <laughs> bottles hidden inside the of them. My, and... The
0: mystery Coke machine. Well, I know what I'm yeah. getting into uh, yeah. here in the next so, couple of weeks. What was the weather like there?
1: It's hot. It uh, it was nice during nice during. It was like 92. It was uh, in the morning. It was it was beautiful. It started. It was what like 60 degrees. somewhere?
2: It was cool. So we use the way it starts. I'll just paint a picture. It's it's beautiful trails. Um, it starts in. Uh, white Top, which is the highest point of the race, and you run downhill. This the, It's like the trail equivalent to the Boston Marathon, because you run about yeah. a 3% downgrade for 18 miles. Sound familiar, right? Um, and then you hit the flats, and your legs fall apart on you, much like they do in Boston. <laughs> um, but... All the while you're coming down, it's cool, it's, it's usually dewy, they almost always have a rainy start, but it's beautiful around you, you're running over these trestle bridges, it, it used to be a, a you know railroad trail, so the scenery is just spectacular, everywhere you look, you, your head's on a swivel, you're taking it all in, you, you break open into these wide open vast fields and it's just panoramic calendar-esque shots all around you. and. You can't help but feel the energy you're running down these hills and then you you come up the other side it's an out back and then out again and then um uh, you get down into a valley which is damascus and the temperatures are still pretty moderate depending on how fast you are it starts heating up it's you know it's southern u.s you know uh Virginia, it's yeah. hot, it, but we run in that anyway. We live in yeah. Knoxville. You, mm-hmm. you go run, you know, in ninety degrees.
1: Not hundred
3: miles. No,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um. But it's uh, like Dave was saying that
1: downhill can. It, I mean, it got to me. It, so it's it's so bad that the race director Jason he'll, it, before the race starts, he lines everybody up and he says, "Okay, listen, eighteen miles downhill. Don't ruin your day. Don't you know? Take it easy." It's good advice. Yeah, I didn't listen to it, and yeah. I. <laughs> I proceeded to completely destroy my quads, but um, yeah, he does tell everybody that. And people do it. People walk or or people run the first 50K and then they walk 60 miles, but they finish in under 30 hours (laughs) and go home with a buckle.
2: I watched a lot of people at Damascus when it it levels out. I mean, there were people who had no business being out ahead of me and just, I mean, dying on the side of the road. (laughs) Wow vomiting, you know, like 80 degrees and and yeah. you're only 20 miles into a hundred mile race. So,
3: so you don't, you don't think a 3% as being like a really significant grade, but I guess over 18 miles, it's noticeable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's sort of undulating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're hitting flat sections okay. and then you hit sort of steep. That's sort of the overall over 18 miles, especially the first, um, four miles off the top of the mountain. That's pretty steep. That's probably close to eight or 10%. Uh, and uh, you feel yeah. like going back up
1: the second time around mile 60 when you have to climb back up that 18 miles it doesn't feel like three percent anymore
0: I don't know that I'd ever have that feeling yeah. but it sounds like you're describing it really nice I, I got mesmerized in Dave's description of you know the beautiful scenery and I've run on the creeper trail not the entire thing portions of it and I could totally see like you know gazing out and seeing like pretty scenery but then i would think i have to go like 90 more miles (laughs) or 75 more miles and that's a long time to go so
2: so like any race especially like a marathon which you guys can understand it's it's not a 5k you you have to break it up into tangible sections uh, sections you can take on so with this one where it's runnable you can break it up into real simple sections so because it's an out back and out again you turn it into three sections. And so for the first goal, you just need to get 50K. You need to get from the start to the turnaround. And then when you turn around, you shrink your goals. You shrink your, your you know, you start feeling pain. You've run farther than a marathon. Your legs are starting to hurt. And you you change your goals to a much smaller thing, which is okay. Next aid station to aid station, every ten miles. I, I, you know, I need to get ten miles from me now, and then after that, next thing you know, you're at seventy miles into this thing, and you, okay, just one more mile, and and then <laughs> by mile eighty five, you're like, all right, that tree out
0: ahead of me. I'm gonna get to that tree.
3: I'm gonna run to that tree, and I'm not gonna cry this So, so that that kind of so I've I've attempted three one hundred milers. I've not finished a single one. Okay. Uh, two of them were in the Florida Keys in May. Oh gosh. And one <laughs> one of them I ended up in urgent care, and the other one I just quit when I started cramping so much I couldn't move. Yeah. Um, the third one though I should have been able to finish. It was Tunnel Hill, hundred mile okay. or up in yeah. uh, Illinois. That's good. Uh, Steve Durbin, uh, Steve and Terry put that on, um, and it was cold. It was good weather, and um, I I ended up with like a my after it's a it's a out. 25 miles back, 50 miles, and back 25 miles. Um, and after the first 25 miles, my foot was kind of hurting me, and I was like, eh, I don't want to really push this anymore, and so I just stopped. So do you do you have to run by the finish line at 25 miles? Oh, that's, that's, right. that's, yeah, see, that's, that's when I stopped. Yeah, yeah. Um, But but one thing I never figured out was how do you pace yourself for a hundred miler? Because you can't. Aside aside from you know Zach Bitter running seven minute miles for a hundred miles, most people don't run the whole hundred miles. So do you do you start off at like your normal jogging running pace? Do you start off thinking, well, I got a hundred miles, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start really really slow? Do you say I'm gonna get fifty k done? while I'm still feeling good as fast as I can and then worry about the next hundred K later. Like how does how does that work? All of those are right because it's kind
2: of the wild west in terms of like how these things break down. Nobody has the definitive program, unlike a marathon where it's pretty well figured out. It's kind of the fun of of trail mm-hmm. running. You're out there, you're you're it's science. You're playing with it to figure out what works for you. But the general or the with the, some of the elites and things like that it seems to be a, a constant um, easy effort seems to get you to the finish line the best and, and that you know you're not planning on running negative splits or anything mm-hmm. but you want to go out at a sustainable effort so for me that meant I, I've been using heart rate and mm-hmm. the math program which I, your triathlon uh, Maff- tone, yeah. Okay, yeah and so I, I held a tone heart rate and whenever I would start to creep up to that area mm-hmm. I would stop and walk and and that's I'd say with that particular hundred miler, the hardest part was knowing when to walk. Because mm-hmm. for us mere mortals who aren't elite athletes like a Jim Walmsley or something, we have to walk because mm-hmm. you're you're gonna blow up right. if you don't. It's either gonna happen during the race or at the at the end of it.
3: So so that's months. another. So do you do you walk or in generally? You guys both you guys are both successful. So you finished, which mm-hmm. is more than I can say. Did you walk? before you felt like you needed to walk or did you run basically as far as you could it's like
2: marathon day where you you know you feel better than you should Mm -hmm. for those first uh, 20 miles and you know that you need to back it off a little bit the same thing goes with an ultra there's a saying in ultra marathoning and it's if you feel like you're going slow slow down because you're going too fast there's there's a good chance that if you start
1: out with a particular strategy it's probably not going to hold up right right? so i started out with a run walk i did five minutes running with three minutes walking that i evened out to like a 10 minute pace and i held that for the first 35 ish miles and then i got to abington the first time i was like i'm a little beat up i'm gonna you know back the I'm gonna back that off a little bit and do a four-minute walk. 10:30 pace. Got to Damascus at mile 50, and then I was was pretty beat up. So yeah. from that point on, those those walking intervals started to grow, and the running intervals started to shrink until there was no running. Anymore. Just walking. All yeah. time. <laughs> then it was just walking. So, but it changes, yeah. right? You, I mean, that's the thing with these these longer races. Everything, pretty much everything, and anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Um, problems creep up and it'll race Mm -hmm. that long so you just got to kind of roll with the punches deal with it change Mm -hmm. your strategy that sort of thing it's great
2: there's so much time that you get to do that but you get to change the strategy and that's the fun of it is it's being flexible and and changing as it comes you know you don't know exactly what's going to happen in a 5K, you know what's going to happen. A road 5K, you're going to run too fast for the first mile. You're going <laughs> to suck wind and hate life for the next mile. And then by mile three, you're, I have one mile to go. I'm going to kick it in. It happens the same way every time. And when, when you, the farther you stretch out the distance, mm-hmm. the more strategy becomes a key. And, and, and it actually, that's one of the lures for someone like myself who's kind of a middle of the pack or age grouper is I become more and more competitive the farther the distance mm-hmm. gets. And so it's it's much more about grit and strategy and much less about just leg speed, and that's that's the fun of it.
1: That, that last thirty miles, I was I was hurting. So that's basically where the walking, the, the all of the walk. I walked the last thirty miles. Um, I, I just had knee problems and ankle problems and hip problems creep up, um, and I got to yeah mile seventy and I so Carter's back here, my pacer, and um, I and Jesse, my girlfriend, was there crewing me, and I saw them both at mile seventy, and I said I got. Good news, and I got bad news. I said, "Bad news is I can't run anymore. Good news is I think if I walk at a fifteen-minute pace, I think I can get in in under twenty-four hours." So I walked for thirty miles at a fifteen-minute pace, but that was the that was it. I mean, that's what I had to do to get in because my knee was not working. Hip ended up breaking. I stepped in a huge pile of cow shit at mile eighty-nine, and that was the end of my hip flexor. Just like toast, I slid for like fourteen, like two feet in
0: that pile of cow wow. shit and that was about the end of please way. watch your language okay am <laughs> just kidding I actually have a question to ask you Cole Good. because there's a lot of stuff uh, that y'all have gone over but the fact that you're even running is uh, most likely a good thing from you in the aspect because there was a serious accident that you had a couple of years ago right you want to talk a bit, little yeah, bit about man. that
1: yeah so that's actually so I'm, I'm relatively new to running um so back in my undergrad, I was big into like, kind of lifting CrossFit, right? Didn't really do much running. I think I ran like one and a half marathon. I moved to Knoxville in August of 2017, and about, what was it, five days after I got here, I was biking to campus, and the front wheel came off my bike. I went over the handlebars, and I broke, I was it C2 in my neck, and then L4, five, six, and seven in my back. Broke my nose real bad, knocked out like four teeth, um, glove my jaw. So I was pretty banged up, basically. Um, I was in rough shape, and uh, that was that was pretty much the end of that like CrossFit lifting because I couldn't. I tore a bunch of ligaments in my back. So to do like what I to to get fit, what I did was I just started running, and I signed up for the Knoxville Marathon, and I did the Knoxville Marathon, and then it was pretty much all downhill from there. So Dave's what
2: I. I, I, it's a fun story. I've heard yeah, it on man. the trail a few times. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. So we talk about <laughs> I this wanted a to give you space to tell it. No, no,
1: no. It's all good. Yes. Yeah, so um, that was once I did the Knoxville Marathon, I uh, proceeded to do uh, the Firewater 50K, uh, which was like simultaneously the best and worst thing that ever happened to me because I ended up running really well at that 50K and I and I won it overall. And that was, like, the, the, the thing that just hooked me. Like, I, wow. that was the end. Like, I, I signed up for a 50-miler, then a 100-miler, <laughs> and here we are. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's kind of been a long road,
0: uh, but it's, it's been a good one. No pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, there's, like, uh, we could, obviously we could go on for days. We could, we could talk about trail shoes, road shoes, um, and I think we don't have to sum it up yet. we still got some time left um but and I know Dave and I were talking about this on Sunday after the group run uh he was giving me a hard time like man you need to get out on trails and 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 I'm I, you know we're all creatures of habit you know we get out we do our thing you know some of you know some of us early in the morning some of us in after work after class or whatever and you know Ethan was talking about you know tangents on the road and and one of the comments that you and Dave and I made on Sunday was like, you know, get out and enjoy the scene. Like you were talking about, you know, on the Creeper Trail, it's beautiful. Like any time of year, whether it's the wintertime, it could be 90 degrees. You got the canopy for, you know, for a good portion of the run out there on the trail. Uh, and it's really pretty. And you, you know, you forget about, you know, what pace you're running, what the GPS says. You're just kind of out enjoying the run. You know, it could be 10 miles, it could be 20 miles. It, you know, it could be a hundred miles. And so like the mentality, like, so you guys, you know, Cole, I mean, you're not probably, don't, maybe not run as much trail as, as Dave does because yeah. now Dave is back in with us. Uh, cause I don't know, we run over the summertime together just because maybe not the best, you know, or the winter time. We don't see much in the summertime, but like the, I'm trying to think how to, how to phrase it. The, um, the nuances of the trail versus the road, like so, how do you transition from being a trail guy most of the year and then coming to the roads? So, I should say that I'm I'm
2: kind of a poser when it comes to being a trail runner. <laughs> I I love the trail. You looked running. the part. I don't Thanks. know. <laughs> got the, the checker yeah. hat. So. Um, I love trail running. It, it's euphoric. It's, it's a, you know, oftentimes, just like you said, it's everything you want it to be. You go out, you enjoy the trails, you're in nature, you kind of forget about um, your pace and your time and all these things, but that's scheduled in. Just like you guys, I'm a type A runner. I, I designate those mm-hmm. days as a trail day, and usually they're an easy day. Um, when it comes to actually working out or, or anything like that, if I'm going to do a tempo run, I'm not going to go do it on trails. I tried doing yeah. short <laughs> licks on the trails last year, and I tripped and broke my finger, and, um, and it, I was angry. It was, yeah. it, but, you know, it, it's trails, and you can't look around and enjoy the scenery when you're doing that. Yeah. But getting out in the summertime, I feel like it breaks up the monotony mm-hmm. of just running roads all the time. It also, you know, it strengthens all those stabilizer muscles and your in your ankles and your legs that we kinda neglect just yeah. running the way we run. It it's it's almost it's its own cross training, it's therapeutic, it's it's everything you need it to be. And it's just different enough that it changes your you know, your thoughts on run and then when winter comes back around I'm like, Thank goodness I get to get off of these trails and get back to running fast again.
3: Yeah, you know, if I wasn't such a mileage whore i would I should probably be running a lot more trails than I do, especially in the summer, you know getting out there and you know because six or seven miles on the trail is probably worth ten miles on the road, Absolutely. just in terms oh, of yeah. like the time and the effort, but I need those ten miles yeah. <laughs> so, so um. it's either it 's either go out on the trails for ninety minutes and get my ten miles or be on the roads for seventy minutes and get my ten miles <laughs> it, <laughs> it doesn't and there's no
2: perfect number right like i I totally understand and um, i run with a few people, and there's some people that I uh, help get to their goals. I help them reach their goals. And sometimes you throw in an option of uh, trail running, and maybe it's a six-mile trail run or an eight-mile road Mm -hmm. run, and you, you kind of account for that. And in your case, you you're very specific. You have those numbers you want to hit, but even still, maybe jumping right onto single track isn't the perfect thing for someone who's a, a dedicated road runner mm-hmm. who's only done that. We talked before this about more groomed trails like North Boundary or or you know they may not be single track what we think of as you know Disney Channel you <laughs> know uh, Cinderella prancing through the woods trails, but there's still trails. There there's variation in your Mm -hmm. terrain you know even gravel pathways even greenways are considered trails by some people even even single track there there are kind of minute differences right so you can have extremely technical
1: um just rugged single track and you can have really really runnable stuff um like ethan you were talking about no business earlier that's known as a somewhat runnable single mm -hmm. track trail up there in big south fork but like uh, Doug Holder's race came right. for it. That's yeah. that's a very that's a it's a fairly rugged uh, 40 mile. Yeah. Carter can talk about that one. That one beat him up pretty good. Yeah, we had <laughs> on Doug. Yeah, we
0: were talking about that couple. You know, more than a couple months ago. Right. Yeah. I'd love to see you, Ethan, out on the trails on some of the faster <laughs> stuff. That's yeah. what I'm getting.
3: someday at. someday out. someday it yeah. yeah. might happen. I did. I've done. I did JFK 50 miler. Um, that's which, on the AT, which yeah. the first thirteen, fifteen yeah. miles of it is on the ATN. It was not a fun time for me. <laughs> yeah, for that first part until until I got onto the CNO Canal Towpath and then I started rolling. That was now is that, that's, that's a gravel fun path. Right? A that's fun basically path, yeah. yeah, it's basically kind of like a, a rail trail kind of thing. Okay, it's, it's, it's nice. It's just a, a nicely groomed gravel path. So that's my kind
0: of running. Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so.
1: Even yeah. racing though, I mean, there are my new difference between road and trail racing as well. Like, yeah. for example, uh, uh, creek crossings and trail ra- trail races. Right, that's a great way to build up time between whoever might be behind you. You hit, you get mm, get onto yeah, the other okay. side of the creek crossing. You hammer for twenty meters, and then you build up that much more distance. Mm. Same thing if you're coming up to a big climb. You hammer the first. 20, 30 meters of that climb and then you can sort of settle into it and that builds distance between you No and way. I, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's the downhill for Uh-oh. you. <laughs> yeah, you got to build that. It's, <laughs> so, it's, so My favorite thing to do is to get... To, so I have a nickname that I was given by my friends I used to run with who were fast like you guys up in Maine. They called me Great Gaspy. I call you and Audible. The idea was you either run fast enough that I am sucking wind and I can't breathe. So you hear me behind you panting or if you run too slow, I'll talk your ear off. So, my favorite thing to do in a trail race is you get behind somebody and you get right on their shoulder when they're charging up a hill. And they always, it always pushes them to run too fast. You just have to hold their rhythm. I mean, and, and you know that you're destroying them inside. So, that kind of gives you this energy. And when you reach the top of that hill, they're dying a little because you've sucked the life out of them and you blast past them and charge down that hill. You put great distance between. There you them. go. So, so I'll give you another one.
3: from Dave,
0: Dave. has gone off the deep end here about <laughs> killing people. So this one's even
1: more brutal. So this one's comes comes directly from him, and he didn't mention it. So you're getting up behind, you're going up that hill behind someone, right? You get right up on him like he was saying, and they're going to stop at some point and say, "Okay, go around you," and then you just stay right behind them, and you don't go. You, <laughs> you just don't say a word. Don't, don't say a word. Acknowledge. Wow. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah.
3: You stay yeah. behind. Yeah, I would. I would not be happy with that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very fun game. It's yeah, hard. that would not be pleasant. I would be quite annoyed. Yeah.
2: Um, it, it, it annoys people greatly, yeah. And then when you blast past them, they're happy that you did. So, but anyway, there's...
3: there's Are some...
0: are they really, though?
3: <laughs> um, there you go. Yeah. Dave has just told you how to get your butt kicked when you run 100 miles. It helps if you're at 200
2: pounds and six foot tall. People, runners leave you alone.
0: Yeah, right. Um... Well, on that note, um, yeah, again, you find us tomorrow uh, at on Spotify, uh, every day on Facebook and Instagram, deadhead.engineer865. Typically, um, uh, Ethan reads a book. I don't read too much. I, I read articles. Um, but uh, so, we're going to talk. Slow. I've been slow in the reading this Is, last couple yeah, well, of weeks. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of dreary, you know, it's raining, it's... Uh, we're getting into training now, so or well, you're getting into training. I'm trying to tag along. Uh, new product though here at the store, which I will say I tried the Scratch Labs um Energy Chews uh green tea and lemon. It was fantastic.
3: Yeah, so we we brought in Scratch Labs. We actually had several several of our customers came and um suggested that we look into them uh because it's it's all natural. They have uh, gluten- free vegan options which some of our customers like and yeah they're they're very it's they we, we brought in the energy chews we brought in the drink mix and we brought in the energy bars um, and from what I've tasted it's uh, very tasty yeah. and um, uh, again Ooh. something something to try if you haven't tried them before well our boy, our buddy, our yeah. buddy uh, yeah. Annie Jones when he ran the uh, Keys 100 relay with us last year said he was drinking the drink mix the whole time and had no problems with the with cramping or energy um and said it tasted great so uh definitely something to check out got several different flavors and uh we're excited to to bring scratch labs in
0: yeah obviously we've we've covered we've uh done some stuff with their cookbook or we've talked about mm-hmm. their cookbook before i think when we had elizabeth uh, yeah, and right. on. so that was cool uh so now they're in the store which that's neat um, I think uh, before we head off, um, you know, whether obviously probably not going to happen on trails unless you run into a you know deer or bear, but be cautious running on the roads. You know, we run at 5:30 in the morning, uh, so if you run at 5:30 a.m. or 5:30 in the evening this time of year, um, I know it's been all over the news. Mile split. Uh, whatever news outlet you check, but two teen cross-country runners uh, were hit by a vehicle. Uh, was it in um, Missouri? Am I wrong? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. Thank man. you, Cole. Appreciate it. So, in OKC, um, just be cautious where you're at. I was actually out running this morning by myself. I didn't have my crew with me and, um, I don't know, fell asleep for a minute or two and uh, had to avoid... Uh, Close encounter. Yeah, uh, you know across Concord and Kingston Pike there. So just be cautious.
3: Yeah, run. You know, you, usually you should be running against traffic. Yeah, opposite of, of if you're riding a bike, so you can see what's coming towards you. And if you're running in the dark, try to wear some sort of blinky light, and um, you know, just be safe out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, thoughts and prayers go out to the students there in OKC. Um, you know. Hit, hit a little close to home uh with a good friend of ours that you know had an accident a couple of weeks ago so but she's good she's back out on the roads um but just be careful uh, especially when it's raining out um you know just be smart and so um it's good to be back because i was mm-hmm. off last week yeah um dave thanks so much man This is great. I finally get to talk to you guys without pretending
2: like I'm not sucking wind. Coles, good to have you here,
0: brother. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you all for So what's up us. next? Tell us quickly. What, what's the next race? Ooh,
1: um, I got uh, so Yamacroft 50K coming up in April, and then I uh, I'm, I got Erie Marathon in September, cool. and then I'm putting in for the lottery, hopefully, the Hellgate 100K in December, so we'll Fantastic. see Fantastic. How... Dave, well. what you got coming up?
2: Uh, I just started Boston Marathon training the week of Strawberry Plains, and uh, after that's done, I'll take a, a month or two off for my wife, and then yeah gotta keep her happy and then uh last man standing ultra marathon in maine okay. where i'm gonna shoot for um 120 plus miles maybe we'll see whatever it takes to win it it's an instant entry into the bigs backyard ultra oh, right okay. here in knoxville yeah yeah so. taking on maggie guterall
1: good luck <laughs> Is she running that she, uh, I'm sure she put down, what, that 250 miles in six miles? I don't think yeah. so. I, oh, yeah, she Incredible. won't be running last man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But that's a great way if somebody wants to learn how to do an ultra marathon distance.
0: You do it 4.2 miles at a time. Drop out whenever you want. That's an awful lot of running. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to stick with uh, my 10 miles a day because that just is appropriate. But, guys, thanks for coming on. Uh, appreciate it. And so uh, we'll see you on the roads. Thank you guys. Thanks, fellas.